Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community, is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. We greet you once again. It is episode 31 of the Hannibal Rivertown Review podcast. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And we have, we have evidence in print, or at least online, that we are, here's, here's your bold statement of the day, we are more than twice as good as your average podcast. Exactly. And it, it's in print. It is. And it's on the interwebs, which means it's true. You bet. And not on Wikipedia either. No. Because <laughs> we don't we don't we don't go take gospel, no, 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 uh, on anything on Wikipedia. But no, there was there was an article on a uh, podcasting uh, e newsletter that uh, that I get that shows up in the in the inbox. Uh, somebody had way too much time on their hands and they went into into uh, Apple uh, and, or into iTunes. And they looked at all of the podcasts that are on iTunes. And there are like 600,000 of these things, some ridiculous number. Uh, And it said, and I forget the number, I think there was like a third of them that only had like one episode. Only had one episode or they maybe had like five episodes, but they were all put in at one time. Yeah, they all put them in because that's what they tell you is that when you you start – we started with three episodes. They say you got to start with multiple, or it's a good idea to start with multiple episodes. But the average podcast on iTunes has 14 episodes. The, so there's half that have 14 or fewer and half that have 14 or more. And there's some that have thousands, but, and we ain't there yet. Not, uh, yet. not yet. But uh, when I say we're twice as good as the average, we are, uh, we are at 31 with, with this. So, uh, so what, so what are we, well, first of all, thank you. We, we appreciate uh, the fact that you have joined us with all of the hundreds of thousands of different choices that you have. 600,000 plus apparently. Uh, yeah, apparently so. Yeah. But who wants to mess those ones with only one who only had one episode? I mean, no, and those ain't no troopers. No. I mean, my goodness. Although maybe that gives you a great sense of accomplishment. I've listened to all of the podcasts <laughs> from, from all of these hundred, yeah, a couple of hundred thousand people. Yeah. Uh, but we, on this time around, uh, this is one, this is one of our truly, I guess you could define this as a, as a front porch episode. Although this time of year, as we record this, this is more a sunroom with a fireplace, uh, episode. Yes. Cause this is, this is just, this is just us. And, uh, tis the holiday season and everybody is trying like a <laughs> bat out of, you know what, to get out of here including us (laughs) to to one extent or another i go back to my office for my real job for my 10 a.m conference call he had called at 9 15 ah well there you go (laughs) all right well i guess i'll make it a 9 25 conference call something like that everybody wants to go home yeah that's that's right yeah so we're so we uh so we're going to kind of we're going to do what mark twain would call is not work because something that you enjoy doing even if you get paid for it, is not work. No. Now, granted, we enjoy doing this. We don't get paid for it, but no, it's still, it's it, it's it's not work. So we are going to do episode thirty-one mm-hmm. as a twain episode. I'm not going to say yes. the twain episode. No, 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 no. 
Cause you, cause you never know. We never know what might happen down the road. And, but we've, we've kind of, I don't know if we actually stated it or not, but we talked about, well, you know, everybody knows Mark Twain and we're going to work on talk about other stuff, but we figured, eh, let's, let's circle back and uh, kind of give you a, I don't know if a virtual tour would be the right thing, but if you're coming to Hannibal and you go, yeah, I've heard, heard you guys talking about everything has, has that Hannibal has to offer, but we want to see and hear and learn about Mark Twain. So where do we go to do that? Exactly. And yep. for our loyal local listeners, which mm-hmm. that's very hard to say, mm. just stay put, sit down. Yeah. You're probably going to learn something new. More than stop it. Yeah, more more than <laughs> more than likely if our our triple L's, our loyal local listeners are honest with themselves, you know, as we go through these the Mark Twain stuff, you know, duck your head and admit shuffle your feet and admit how long it has been since you have been to any or all of these places. And done the quote-unquote Mark Twain thing. Exactly. If it has been since the fifth grade when you went there <laughs> in school for a field trip. Mm, doesn't count. No. Buckle up, buttercup. Yeah. You might learn something new. That's right. So just strap in and get that. Make sure you got your your uh, whatever device you're listening to properly charged because... Uh, <laughs> yeah because there's, there's nothing that's going to keep loyal listeners by you know you might like, want to like, might want to pack a lunch here yeah <laughs> no 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 like like giving them a stern talking to for not having done the thing that makes their town famous uh, that's right and she's wagging her finger as she <laughs> says that to the finger wag and you everything betcha even mark twain said that hannibal had a hard time of it ever since he could recollect hmm. did you know that a hard time of it Yes, he said, and I was raised there. First, it had me for a citizen, but I was too young then to really hurt the place. That's right. In true Twain style. Mm -hmm, Of course. Self-deprecating humor. Oh, yeah. Well, like he talked about being born in Florida, Missouri, and increased the population by what? By uh, like 10%. By 10% when he was born, and Mm -hmm. he never knew anybody that could ever could brag about that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're like, like you said, when people come to Hannibal and they know something that Hannibal has something to do with Mark Twain, but they mm. think, so we've, what, what, what is there to do? We, we want to do the Twain thing. We want to do, what, what do we do with Mark Twain here? Obviously we, you know, you can tell him, go out to Mark Twain cave. We've talked to Linda, the, the cave yes. woman here yes. in town, mm-hmm. um, who owns the cave now that Mark Twain did play in as a boy, um, along with his friends. And not, and not only the Mark Twain cave recently, uh, the uh, Missouri department of natural resources designated, uh, an American sycamore tree that is on the grounds of the Mark Twain Cave Complex as a state champion American sycamore tree. How do you become a champion tree? <laughs> it is well. Well, let me tell you. Uh, it Other has, than not dying. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's not like they're do a fifty yard dash. Like I well yeah no. Uh, but there are. It's it's. Let's see. It's the height. It's the circumference of the trunk. And it is the um, oh the 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 crown the, the they call it the crown spread or something like that you know how how um, far out it it spreads and that kind of thing and there's point systems that they apply to that and um, matter of fact the, uh, the the gentleman from the natural resources that uh, had been there when they well they they just recently uh, made the new trails out there. Mm-hmm. Megan's trying real hard to keep a straight face through all of this and he saw this tree and he goes hmm. And so he went back and he measured everything uh, and determined that it was, I mean, they 
presented Linda with a certificate and there was a picture and the, and the whole thing. I say all of that to say that, uh, in trying, he was one of part of this was, he was trying to determine, uh, how old this tree was, ah. but you can't really do that unless you cut it down. And he didn't want to do that. So his best guess was that that tree, give or, <laughs> give or take 50 years was 311 years old, which even if you give or take 50 years, it could be young Sam Clemens hung out. He played in the cave and around that cave. He could very well have played uh, in or around that very tree. Uh, and and I just for the record, I was not trying to keep a straight face. I was yeah, having, okay. I was thinking deep thoughts. I was thinking uh, okay, yeah. how American it is that we give certificates to trees. <laughs> like we can make anything into a competition. You betcha. Including trees, like it's just minding its own business, growing, and all of a sudden it gets a blue ribbon for something. Uh, yeah. I, just, what I a, love it. What a country. Any, yeah. anything, we can make anything into a contest. <laughs> you better believe it. Tree, what, what was it? The, the, the spread? The, 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 the tree spread? Tree spread, something like that. Circumference, by golly, that's just... Dippity-doo-dah, whatever, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Now, uh, we were talking about the cave. Yes. So mm-hmm. we, uh, so, so of course, you know, you can do the Mark Twain cave. It's especially good if you have kiddos, um, who maybe are too, uh, too young to have read all of Mark Twain's works or, or some of Mark Twain's works. But the, the piece de resistance, mm-hmm. of course, um, because one of the things that makes Mark Twain special is, um, as an author, is the fact that he, especially in his autobiography, and some of his, some of his works are nonfiction. Some of them are more like travel writing, like, like Life on the Mississippi and um, um, Innocence Abroad. And so he talks about, both in his nonfiction works and in his autobiography, about his inspiration. So he talks about the people and the places that inspired his stories. And so he actually gives us, which a lot of authors, you know, there is a whole literary um, uh, field (laughs) Mm. dedicated to very smart people making educated guesses as to what literary figures were drawing inspiration from because Uh they never tell you. Like Mm. there's a whole, you can major in that in college. You are welcome. Mark Twain (laughs) makes it really easy because he just tells us. He actually, he literally says things like, the character of Huckleberry Finn was based on Tom Blankenship. Tom Sawyer was a conglomeration of myself and other children who I played with. Um, you know, Sandy um, was a slave that I that I knew as a, as a child, and he figures in as Jim and Tom Sawyer. And then there's um, Uncle Daniel, who figures in as Jim and Huckleberry Finn. And, and, and then Laura Hawkins is Becky Thatcher. Laura Hawkins is Becky Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Aunt Polly was his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Judge Thatcher, who is Becky Thatcher's father um, in the books, Tom Sawyer, was loosely based on his own father, who was Judge Clements. So you know, he does all this for us. Um, and if you haven't read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in a while, you might actually think, and a lot of people do think, that Tom and Becky live in Hannibal in the books, and they don't. No, Hannibal is not, uh, it, this is, this town isn't Hannibal in the books. No, it is St. Petersburg. Yep. And so um, Hannibal, Missouri is never actually named in the fictional books. He does talk about thinking back on his childhood 
and that's why we know that so much of this is based on sure. on real experiences. And so he he talks about how his boyhood home um, came into play, uh, came in handy many times, especially during the adventures of Tom Sawyer. Um, so we know that Tom Sawyer's house was based on his boyhood home growing up. And guess what we have in Hannibal? We have the boyhood home. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Which, uh, uh, when Donna Brown was here, she talked about that there was a, a family that that had that owned the home and it was very close to being torn, torn down, down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes because i mean it had, it had become um the, well sam clemens growing up his family was was not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination um after his father passed away actually they had to move for a short while his um, mother became um kind of a maid and a cook for um for dr grant um, hence Grant's Drugstore, which we can hit on in a moment. Mm-hmm. So they actually moved out of what is now considered the boyhood home, and they lived upstairs. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, you know, he had left. Um, his his family had moved away. Um, so it was no longer, you know, it, Mark, it wasn't known as Mark Twain's boyhood home yeah. back then, you know. And um, so it had become kind of a rental property. It was about ready to be torn down. Um, the Mayhans bought it, and they restored it. And um, they opened – it opened um, – they did some exhibits for the 100th anniversary of his birth um, in 1935. Um, and so then from then on, it's, it's one of the oldest house museums in the United States. Huh. Not the, but one of okay. the oldest house museums. Mm-hmm. Just pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if memory serves right, there was um, a, a number of years ago they did some built some addition on because they discovered that um, what they had thought had been the uh, the, the boyhood home. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't all there. It from, wasn't the house. The whole house. Exactly. Nothing, <laughs> nothing but the house. The house. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> they did. I believe it was back in the mid to late 1990s. Sounds right. That yeah. they were doing a the, a full restoration of the boyhood home, and um and they had uh, uh you know down to the foundations down to the you know, and they realized like oh they're. <laughs> there should be more yeah. uh, on on the back like another whole two rooms worth so so yes so they restored it and added on a part that would have been there when sam clemens was a boy thank you for joining us for the hannibal rivertown review podcast we'll get back to the show in just a moment we want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing be sure to subscribe and leave us a review also for comments and suggestions you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and rivertown review on facebook that's the thing that it would seem to me people gravitate toward when it comes to the Mark Twain properties is the boyhood home. Right. You know, you come, you want to see the place that inspired the stories. Yep. You really, you can't do that anywhere better in Hannibal than the Mark Twain boyhood home and museum complex, which is a very long name for a very important museum here in Hannibal. So the Mark Twain boyhood home and museum complex includes the interpretive center which is where you start and that really that interprets mark twain's time um in hannibal uh the people that he um knew um during his childhood and then goes into how he turned those memories into his stories and then once you leave there you if you take a right you go to the huckleberry finn house now once again 
Huckleberry Finn was not a real boy, no. um, but he was based on um, a boy by the name of Tom Blankenship. Now, the Huck Finn house slash Blankenship home um, is a recreation based on photos uh, and we know exactly where it was so it was based on photos built on the same location where the Blankenship home was um, and inside the the Huck Finn house it talks about the the book Huck Finn also a little bit about the Blankenship family because if if Sam Clemens family was um, not they were they were rich in status not in not in monetary you know his his father was in in name, he was Judge Clemens. He was Justice of the Peace, which, you know, although it didn't come with steady paycheck. Mm. Um, so they were high on status, low on monetary funds. Yeah. Uh, the blanket ships were low on status and low on monetary funds. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a very small, humble cabin where the six blanket ship children lived. Um, then after you depart there, then you will go over into Mark Twain's actual boyhood home. And so the boyhood home has exhibits in it that talk about Mark Twain, Mark Twain quotes in it that talk about his, um, his, his time in Hannibal. Um, the, the fact that when you go back to the home of your childhood, which everybody can kind of relate to, it's not not really the same like everything is, looks smaller he talks about how much smaller the house looks like i you know basically how can how can all of these memories and all of this you know how can it all fit in here it's mm-hmm. such, such a tiny little tiny little space um and then from there you go through the through the gift shop which was built in the um in the 30s as a works progress administration right that was the original museum it was built and then um a um House, uh, not a housekeeper, but a, uh, a keeper, landlord, lived on the second floor of the Mark Twain's actual boyhood home. And then the first floor was open for viewing for the public. Um, and then the little stone building right beside the boyhood home was the museum. Um, when you exit on to Hill Street, now Hill Street is the, um, is, is kind of, ground zero of all of the Mark Twain things. Yeah, that's kind of the the gathering place whenever there are any special events that take place uh, in regards to, well, not even, not necessarily in regards to the Boyhood Home and Museum, but uh, uh, Music Under the Stars in the summertime. They had the opening ceremony for the Victorian Festival of Christmas. That's the gathering place. That's where the, that's where the fence is, where uh, if you want to act like you're whitewashing the finch which we've talked about before uh you you that that's where that is exactly hill street um is currently um a bricked in pedestrian mall area so it's not you can't drive through hill street so you don't have to worry about being whacked by a car while you're ogling all of the twain sites mm-hmm. um and face so facing hill street is mark twain's boyhood home Across the street is the Becky Thatcher house, which yes. is the home of Laura Hawkins, who is the girl that inspired uh, Becky Thatcher and also, of course, Judge Thatcher, her father. Um, also on that side is Grant's Drug Store, which, as I mentioned earlier, um, after Mark Twain's father died, he died when Sam was 12. And so he never got any more formal education after the age of 12. He left school and became um, apprenticed to a local printer in Hannibal, um, which helped in the fact that then as an apprentice, uh, room and board and clothes and food were all done by Joseph Ament, who he was apprenticed to. So Joseph Ament would have been responsible for the feeding and the caring of, of Sam, so that helped his mom yeah. since the breadwinner had died. Um, but the, the Grant's Drug Store 
second floor was where um, the Clemens family lived for a small um, amount of time. It also figures into um, some of his other some of his books, um, but currently the first floor is being um, well. The entire building actually is is under. Um, renovation and reconstruction they're putting new exhibits in it they had they had to do major work on grant's drugstore it was you would have been <laughs> if somebody would have said i'll give you a hundred dollars if you find a right angle in that place <laughs> you would not have gotten $100. no not to mention how how out of level the thing had wound up being it was That's kind it. of like a fun house there were no straight yeah no no, no straight edges no oh poor yeah, yeah, poor grand yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah the, the 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 engineers got into that thing and they said no why has there been anybody actually walking around in this place for all these years <laughs> yes they they had closed the second floor off many many moons before that and so um yes it is getting badly needed yes. restoration mm -hmm. um and then the last the last building on hill street is the only one that is not in its original location so people always ask oh well, were all of these things you know right right here yes um you know Laura, Laura Hawkins really did live right across the street from Sam Clemens. Um, yes, Tom Blankenship really was practically outside in his backyard. But the, um, the J.M. Clemens Justice of the Peace Office, so his father's law office, was originally on Front Street. And again, if you go looking for Front Street <laughs> in Hannibal, uh -huh. you will not find it. But if you stand on the levee, <laughs> you're standing on where Front Street used to be. <laughs> okay, a casualty of the of the uh, the levee. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. W well, uh, I would much rather have a levee than oh, have Front Street. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, and have Front Street underwater every time you turn around. Front Street, Main Street. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So right. Um. So yes. So the um. Actually, the Missouri Bar Association, um, moved the. J.M. Clemens Justice of the Peace Office off from Front Street to Hill Street so that it could be next to the other buildings that um, sure. served as, uh, as imagination fodder for the man who was to become Mark Twain. Yes. And so those are the historic properties that are part of the Mark Twain Museum Complex. Um, well, I also threw in the Interpretive Center, but that's kind of where you begin. You know, that's where you get your... Yeah, that's... If you're, if you're going to take the, the tour... Though in the proper order, then yeah, the interpretive center starts. Uh, and of course, I've mentioned this before. Uh, the of the of the properties uh, that is the one uh, I would be safe in saying is is closest to your heart. Uh, oh well, yes, yes, that is true. I was going to say that. Would, I thought you were going to say that would be the one that people could tell is not. <laughs> from Sam Clemens' well, era. Well, yeah, that's, that used to be a, a Casano's, yeah, back in the day, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, you can tell from the outside that um, no. the architecture is slightly different. A mm, little bit, a little bit, yeah. Than the other buildings. Yeah, yeah. But yes, way, way back in days of yore when those exhibits were new, I was but a lowly grad student, <laughs> and I actually helped work on um, on the um, the research team that, that was researching for those exhibits. So, yeah. Yes, that that is the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart um, and I had I even had a little tiny office in there Ooh. back a million years ago when I worked for the museum yeah. so um, 
Yes, that is that is where you begin, and then you go through all of the other buildings that were, were there, and like I said, were the inspiration for Mark Twain, um, or at least his, his stories. And then at the end of the street, you go down a couple blocks, and on the corner of Main and Center Street, there you have the Mark Twain Museum Gallery. And the first floor goes through um, five of his most popular books, so little vignettes almost little five of his most popular books um, and then the second floor has rotating exhibits and then the original Norman Rockwell paintings um, now in case you're wondering what the heck does Norman Rockwell have to do with Mark Twain the short answer is not much mm, yeah um, however most people know Norman Rockwell you know Saturday Evening Post and you know you're pharmacist or whoever gives you the your insurance guy gives you the calendar we, every we year have, our bank has norman rockwell calendars every year yep. exactly mm-hmm. so you know you know he was an illustrator um he c- actually came to hannibal um to do illustrations for special um printed editions of huckleberry finn and tom sawyer and he was one of the first to actually come to hannibal before creating his illustrations and so in the museum gallery you will see pencil sketches and then you'll see the final product and you can see in some of them that he did the sketches before he came to Hannibal and then the paintings were changed because of what he saw Um, one of the most famous things is he said that everyone has been painting the cave incorrectly because most of the time you see illustrations of a cave you have stalactites and stalagmites and and you know all of all of that and martin cave doesn't have that it's a labyrinth style cave sure um and it's a limestone cave and so you don't have all of the things hanging from the ceiling um you have the striations and um a whole lot of passages a whole lot of dark passages yes and so apparently as the story goes as you will hear in in the cave um one of the guides took norman rockwell in so that he could sketch in the cave and um apparently this man's wife then went into labor and so he said you know you stay here as long as you know you need and somebody will come to get you and like four hours later (laughs) somebody did yikes and so not only did norman rockwell get to experience (laughs) the real cave he also got to experience a bit of the fear (laughs) of not being able to get out of the cave uh yeah i'd say so yeah because you you, you know you go to some place like the like the five points where there's like five passageways. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. and and Hannibal. Well, that's another thing we covered when we talked about uh, when John Wingate was here talking about the Lost Boys of Hannibal. That uh, was a a a tragic page in the labyrinth cave caves that are just all underneath uh, the city of Hannibal. Yes, because Mark Twain Cave is one cave system but we have yes. many yeah there are oh yeah area. multiple systems and uh, and so the so the labyrinth is really the that it's that's the style that's, of cave that's what the cave systems in hannibal are mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes is the labyrinths yes because um i think most people when they go into caves they expect kind of like one entrance and exit and then there's a huge cavern mm. or a cavernous place and you go ooh and ah and you like see all the see formations in, yeah indiana jones movies or whatever yeah mm-hmm. hopefully without the rolling rock yeah hopefully yeah. <laughs> but but yes the, the ones that you go into in in hannibal in, in missouri you have the labyrinth style where it's lots of nooks and crannies and twists and turns and offshoots upon offshoots and, and you can get lost without even trying hence the labyrinth reference mm-hmm. yep. and also 
as far as I know, no one has ever found a minotaur in any of the labyrinth caves. But for all of our Greek mythology fans out there, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Greek there's got to be at least three. Somebody chuckled. I heard them in my uh, mind. Oh, you betcha. Somebody that was that was the person in the Russian Federation, I think. That, <laughs> that <laughs> one of the three people from France that have downloaded uh, our podcast. Something Thank like you. that. Yeah, could have been could have been Canadian. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, but it, so if. Um, You've been wondering, when are they going to talk about, you know, I want to go to Hannibal and I want to take the tour. I want to see the Mark Twain stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then you can, then you can go from there. Then you can uh, uh, go back and take in all of the other things that we've, we've talked about. And we'll continue to talk about as we continue to pile up episodes. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Mark Twain, they're still cross-referencing his letters oh. in, in this as we speak. Creeping up to 2019, they started, I believe, in the 80s and thought it might take five to ten years. Mm. They are still coming out <laughs> with every once in a while, God bless the California, UC, California, Berkeley, Mark Twain Project for printing and referencing and cross-referencing Mark Twain's letters because holy smokes, they're still at it. The boy did a lot of writing, didn't he? He did a lot of writing. <laughs> so, yes, um, Mark Twain will obviously come up still um, on, on this podcast. Oh, of course. But for the folks saying, well, I wanted to do the Mark Twain thing, when are they going to talk about what there is? Talk about Mark Twain's from that town, but what's there to see? Well, that's what there is to see. And you can yes. do the cave and, of course, the Mark Twain riverboat. And, no, it's not the Mark Twain riverboat that you know mark twain built or that mark twain piloted but it's named that because mark twain was a riverboat pilot that's where it started for him yes. on the mississippi mm -hmm. and so you know mark twain is a is a river a riverman's saying and that's where he got the pen name exactly. so by golly you know those those are what we lovingly refer to as the big three here in hannibal you know if you're coming out to do the the mark twain thing um another interesting i find interesting fact is Hannibal is the only place where you will see one of my Mark Twain's white um, coats ah anybody that thinks of Mark Twain they think of a white-haired old man in a white suit yep that's the guy show a picture of Mark Twain in his younger years mm -mm. nine times out of ten nobody's going to recognize him more than likely not as far as we know there is only one white suit coat remaining that belonged to Mark Twain and it is in the museum gallery here in Hannibal, Missouri. Oh, that Take that funny. Hartford house. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this is also the only podcast that talks smack to other random museums across the, across the, across way. the country. Yeah. Won't hear that anywhere, but right here on, on Hannibal's premier <laughs> official, except no substitutes. Yeah. Podcast. Podcast. That's, yes. that's us episode 31 thank you so much for for being there uh it's because you're there that we're here or, or something some some i don't know I, i'm just making this up i don't know what i'm doing some some very it's, it's an admirable admirable sentiment we are here because you're listening as always if you have any um burning questions to your mind what about this what about how about you do something in this or what about this interesting person we always say go to our facebook page yep. you know send, shoot us a message on facebook rivertown review at gmail.com which I'm, I occasionally check. Um, <laughs> I wade through the hate mail. No, I'm just teasing. All the, 
Um, yeah. But we do want to hear from you, as always, and we do thank you. And um, we're looking forward to many more episodes after this. We're going to be many times better than your average podcast, that is for sure. Yes. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And thank you for joining us for episode 31 of the Rivertown Review podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast. <laughs>